Lord our God, we praise you that you are enthroned on high and that everything happens according to your will uh, and for our good, um, even when it's uh, projectors going off and not having uh, words to songs that we would delight uh, to sing to you, uh, that you are still king. We rest in you and trust you. Lord, we come to you uh, with many distractions uh, in our minds, even outside the stuff uh, uh, going on here, um, problems in our life, worries, um, other things we're excited about. Um, we come with, with guilt at times. We come uh, with discouragement of wondering whether you care about us at all. Uh, we come with many doubts. Uh, but, Lord, we ask that by your help uh, tonight, even together, we would come uh, to you that you would come to us and speak to us of Christ uh, who lifts up the weary, the broken, uh, the weak um, and gives salvation and gives victory. Lord, we thank you uh, for your word, the truth of it, and that we can, uh, that we can examine it uh, tonight. We ask that, uh, what you, that, that I would speak your words clearly, uh, boldly, helpfully, um, not from myself but from you, and that we would be able to receive it um, be transformed by it, uh, and be used uh, for the glory of your kingdom. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I'm excited about the, uh, excited about the game on Saturday. Uh, first away game, big away game with Oklahoma ranked uh, seven. Um, and you heard the announcement. You can come over to our house and watch it. Watch it somewhere, wherever, wherever you are. Um, I actually love being able to watch the game at home because Especially the first away game, I feel like that's when I start to kind of get to know our team a little bit better because um, I don't buy the program and kind of research everything about our team. I hear more about it when it's on uh, TV and the commentators and the interviews to kind of know everything that's going on um, and how we're doing. So I'm, so I'm looking, looking forward to that. I mean, as Noel fans, we're still kind of not sure exactly what all uh, to expect, um, how much confidence or how much boasting uh, we can have in our team at this point. Um, I was uh, emailing back and forth with the campus minister at Oklahoma uh, about what the outcome of the game might be as he invited us for the tailgame out there. Um, and that's a little bit trite to talk about the football game, especially after the passage that we're looking about. Hopefully it seems a little bit trite, but I, but I want to make a point uh, from that. We're kind of figuring out what expectations to have. Um, we want to know about our team and know what's going on. And we, we want to know that we have a coach this is Jimbo Fisher's first year as the head coach. We want to know that we have a coach who's in control of the team, who has things together, who's, who's competent to get the job done. He's been working on stuff for a while. We want to see he's competent as head coach to get the job done. And we want to know that he's got a, a game plan going in uh, to the game on Saturday, a game plan that's strategic and has the, the right things to be uh, more successful and to overcome Oklahoma's uh, game plan so he can come out with victory. Um, and even if we've got a, a, a great coach and a great game plan, we want to know that, that our players are up to it, uh, right? So we've got the talented players, I think we have, uh, to execute plays on the field, uh, to, get the, to get the job done, uh, to, to win the game. Um, I'm looking forward to getting to watch the game, hearing more about it. Um, uh, the passage that we read is it's an incredible uh, passage. Uh, a passage like, like few others that so directly, purposely, through this vision, uh, brings us into the throne room of the glory of God. Um, only on par with things like uh, with Isaiah 6, where you see again God in this, in this throne room, where you have a door open in heaven as the passage starts out. 
We want to know more of what's going on, not just in football. We want to know more of what's going on in life and in history as we have this door open into God's throne room. We get to see what's going on, know more about it. And as we uh, struggle to live life out uh, in the gospel, to have, to have confidence, to have motivation, to have some kind of encouragement in how God's working um, when all kind of other things are falling apart, um, we, we, we struggle through that and we often doubt. We doubt that maybe that there's someone who's really in control, right? Um, with all the chaos that we're experiencing in life, all the, all the pain that you're going through, the hurt, uh, be it emotional pain or physical pain or just the confusion of trying to uh, figure out life at FSU, uh, where you're going. The question is, is God really there? Is he really uh, working in all this? The, the question of atheism, or even if not atheists, the practical atheists. We live a lot of times not really believing that God's working out his plan. Maybe also we doubt that, uh, that even if God's there, is he really powerful to do anything about what we're experiencing, right? Hopefully he's not just, you know, napping uh, or busy with other things or, or old and retired and kind of doesn't, uh, doesn't have it to deal with all the complicated things that we're experiencing now. I'm not saying that you would, that you'd say that, but maybe we, maybe we act like that sometimes. We, we want to know, does he really have a plan that can deal with all the mess that we go through to actually make it better? Does he really have a plan that can, that can rectify and make right and good all all of everything that we actually experience in the world. Just going somewhere good. The question of agnosticism or deism, is in some sense. And even so, even if we think God's there, he's got some kind of plan, I would still doubt that someone, is there someone there who can get it done? Even if God's got this good plan for how things will work out, is it, is it going to happen? Um, we kind of tend to expect that it's just, Maybe it's just maybe one more excited attempt to, to, for things to get better that just ends in failure, or at least ends in, in incompleteness. It gets somewhere, but there's still a whole lot of tragedy around us. Where's the confidence for victory if we can have it? It's a question of, of faith and trust, uh, of who, if anything, deserves my trust with what I'm experiencing. But, but into the world of, uh, of our imaginations, of our doubts and fears and worries and anxiety, uh, the voice of Jesus uh, speaks to us, saying, come up here, and I will show you through this vision what must take place after this. Um, everything's falling apart. Uh, <clears throat> Jesus says, come up here, uh, and I will show you what must take place after this, the time between his first and second coming. And Jesus is speaking to who? to the churches are struggling to make it with all kind of problems. We saw in the chapters previous to this, he's speaking to his servants. That's who the letter overall is addressed to, or the, the message of it is addressed to. Um, he speaks into our imagination of doubt and fear, speaks with a vision of power and of victory. It's a vision of a throne room, a throne room of history and the universe and of God's working. Uh, and it's meant to bring us confidence, to bring us motivation and encouragement. It's meant especially uh, to bring us to worship so we see who God is. So we've got three, through uh, the passage with kind of three sides of it. And the first uh, is on the throne. Uh, seeing who is on the throne, the passage begins, the very first thing in the vision as you look at it is the throne. And one uh, seated on the throne. 
Everything else that the pastors go through is organized in relation to the throne. Um, I should just say that no matter the seeming chaos of your life, um, no matter how many times the projector goes back and forth and it doesn't come on, um, no matter the friends that won't talk to you anymore, um, no matter the professors that just already seem out to get you, the car that fell apart, uh, the health problems you're going through, or family crisis at home, um, no matter all the things that we struggle with, um, the almighty, all-powerful God remains firmly seated on his throne. There's the vision of it here for us to see, the throne and one seated on it, ruling over all. The vision gives us kind of a, a different perspective on, on realities we experience, from, from a different plane, uh, if you will, a higher level. Um, one of the commentaries I looked at used an illustration of, a, of an airport, uh, right, an airport control tower. That if, that if you're just kind of there in the, in the airport or kind of looking out at the runway um, or you're on one of the planes, it looks rather chaotic, like planes going up, planes coming down, circling through, and you can kind of you can start to worry about that a little bit, right? Like, how is this actually? Where's this actually going? Or, or if you've been in a plane and you get out in the runway and then like you feel like, oh, we're moving along, right? And then what happens? You just you just stop. You're just sitting there, right, for 30 minutes, and the whole time you're like. What are they doing? This is ridiculous, right? There's got to, we've got to be able to get out faster than this. It just feels like it doesn't make any sense to us. Um, but if you're able to, to step up into the control tower and see the cycle that they have everything going through and the level of organization that they have to have for everything to go smoothly, you'd realize that if they actually let you go ahead and taxi out to the runway, um, that would be the last thing that you did, right? There would be, be a crash immediately uh, with the planes coming in. They kind of give us a different perspective we can step up to it. In a similar way, how oh, this passage, coming into the, the throne room. Um, well, I'm kind of stuck on the football things tonight. I'm excited about Saturday. So, so I love it when they do the, the interviews with the coaches, right? Even, with, even like before the game or halftime, you always get like little snippets. Um, it's great when you get to hear the coach and how he's kind of viewing everything, his strategy uh, going into it. Or, or, or I think it'd be awesome if you could actually watch the game from the coach's box, right? Um, where you're able to hear uh, the strategy that they have uh, working out in the game. You're able to see uh, the adjustments that they make, the plays that they're calling, and the whole thing work out to, of, of whether this or how this is being uh, successful. Uh, in this passage, you're invited into the higher plane where it all uh, makes sense. Really not just this passage, but through the book of Revelation. Not only the book of Revelation, but really even always in worship. Uh, That's why worship is formative uh, to us, because in worship we come uh, uh, before one who is ruling over everything, uh, seeking his perspective, hearing from him. It's where we see God uh, seated on the throne in his glory. That's why worship is refreshing uh, to a believer. Um, and we're going to see some of the things that are, that are said here. I don't think we can ever do, uh, do fair justice, but we can never do justice to the glory of God, right? Or how it's presented uh, in this passage. Um, but it's helpful to, to note at least a few things. Um, sometimes I've said this earlier, but I love to get questions. There's a lot of things in the passage like details that we're, we're kind of getting the big picture. And I want you to even see as we go through Revelation. There's a lot of details that you could read through it and just go, I don't know what this means. And if you stop there, um, you may not ever figure that out. But if you keep going, even not knowing what that means, you can get the big picture of what's happening. 
Um, so what you see, even as we go through it, we're going to skip over some of those things and still get the big picture, that you can read it that way. At the same time, if you have questions about particular things, I'd love to, love to talk to you more. Um, but some of the things to note here is you see uh, the beauty of the riches of the glory of God. Uh, he sees the throne, and the one that's seated on the throne, it has the appearance of these, these rich, colorful jewels of jasper and carnelian, and surrounded around the throne, a rainbow. Um, however this works in visions, or just like dreams that don't... It's, it's a rainbow, but it has the appearance uh, like an emerald. Just giving it some kind of, kind of taste, if you can use your imagination and picture with the vivid uh, language that it's describing of the, of the beauty of the glory of God. Um, if it was a double rainbow, then you could ask, you know, what does this mean? What does this mean? Um, uh, but, but seriously, we're, uh, we're in awe of the beauty. That, that guy watching seeing the double rainbow just in creation was in awe of the beauty of it. Um, and, and here's this vision, you can imagine John and being there and seeing overcome, overwhelmed with the beauty of the glory of God. Also, particularly emphasizes for us uh, the power of God, uh, the power of God on His throne. Right, it's a throne. What's it surrounded by? Other thrones, um, other impressive uh, rulers. These twenty-four uh, elders in white robes with crowns on their heads, sitting in these thrones. But He's what's God on His throne is what's central. Um, and, but around, He's the ruler over other rulers, and it even describes for us uh, the. Um, the sound from the, from the throne came flashes of lightning, uh, the sound, the rumblings and peals of thunder. Right? Uh, always a picture of power when, you, when you're kind of walking outside and the Tallahassee thunderstorm just rolled up or hadn't even started raining yet and you hear that first, uh, first thunderbolt. Um, and, and we've all been there times when you just kind of jump because it was closer than you thought it was. I've jumped like six feet inside my house one time when I, was, uh, when I heard it. But... But this is a picture for us. You can go back in in Exodus 19 on Mount Sinai. God meeting with his people. It's a sign of his presence and his power with them. They were freaked out by it, um, as we would be. This is an overwhelming uh, thing in the the same kind of uh, sense. Or if if you you can just kind of personify, this isn't God, but you can personify the thunder um, and imagine that it has a will of its own and it's omniscient. Right? Uh, and knows you and knows what you've been doing and knows what you've been thinking uh, and you see its power and you hear it's there um, we're, we're talking for cover right? Um, see the power of God of what he can, what he can do um, and then especially the passage also emphasizes God's holiness uh, the holiness of God on his throne uh, these uh, bizarre living creatures and it goes back uh, Revelation is always filling out prophecy uh, from, from the Old Testament here Ezekiel, Isaiah, a little bit Daniel uh, these um, amazing <coughs> living creatures they, they would be what we would also describe as cherub, cherubim or cherubs so they're not really like little fat chubby infants with wings <coughs> um, it, it's, it's a much more uh, powerful image and, and there they are around God's throne and they never stop uh, day and night proclaiming uh, God's as holy, holy, holy um, as transcendent above everything else that we experience in creation, His transcendent perfection. It's who He is. So the glory of the One who is on the throne uh, compels worship for us. If we were to walk into this scene, we'd be overcome. And when we're going about life and 
things don't go the way we want it to, uh, this isn't the picture that we have in our mind. Uh, but if we're seeing it from the coach's box or from the control tower, from the heavenly throne room, uh, this is the reality. God is firmly uh, seated on his throne and ruling. We can have confidence. Uh, so we see the one who's on the throne, first of all. Secondly, um, we see what comes from uh, the throne. Uh, right, chapter 4 and 5 are, are together, kind of one scene. Um, and uh, and, and what, we want more than just seeing that there's a glorious God who's, who's amazing uh, in, in some other place who's worshipped, right? Uh, it, it's kind of a cool, encouraging thing that there's this God who, who's worshipped and is absolutely amazing, but, but how does that relate to us? How does that affect our, our life, where we're living? Um, and the passage says in 5.1, I saw um, in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back. Um, so you should be asking, what, what's the scroll? Right? There's a significance uh, to this. And the, uh, the answer, I think, is that it's the decrees of the king. Right? It's, it's, um, it's his will for what should happen. A king decides what's happening in his kingdom, and he, he writes out what he wants to happen and sends that out. It takes place. Uh, it's the decrees of the king. It's his will for what uh, should and what will happen. Um, uh, hopefully, if you hear me say that, you're asking, okay, how do you know that? Right? Because I want you to be aware of this. When you come to Revelation, there's a lot of symbolism. Um, and people do all kind of weird, funky things with the symbolism. And if you catch me doing weird, funky things that aren't grounded in the scripture, please come talk to me and rebuke me. Um, I, I don't want us to. I don't want us to do that. Um, it's not clearly stated what it what it is, right? Like you go uh, other places, it's the lampstands, and it says these are the churches. Okay, the lampstands are the churches, right? Um, uh, but but here it just says this scroll or this book. Um, and there's, there's other things that people say about it. Maybe it's the book of life, with all the names uh, written on it in the front and back, how full it is. Uh, or if it's the Bible in general, uh, God's covenant or law or inheritance documents. Um, but this is what you see in the next, in the next several chapters. Um, right, this, there's this book, and it's sealed with seven seals. And in the next few chapters, uh, those seals are opened, and things happen as that's opened. And then after that, the, there's the trumpet announcing the things uh, from it. Um, but it seems that what you have is the things uh, written in it begin to come to pass as it's being opened uh, by the by the Lamb. Um, also, it fits very much with some of the Old Testament prophecy, uh, especially uh, Daniel. You get back uh, Daniel 12 would be one of the places of a book of, of things that are to happen according to according to God's plan. All right, so you can check me on that if you think that's uh, right or not. But, um, but in other words, this. God has a game plan. Uh, not only is there someone in control r- ruling over everything, but he's got a game plan for how he wants it all to work out. A, a game plan to bring about final victory. Um, if you wanted to look at this, see at least the truth of this from other passages, even if you're not sure what the, what the book is, right? you have Ephesians 1.11 describes God as, as him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. He makes everything happen according to the way that he wants it to happen. Romans 8.28 says, For those who love God, all things work together for good. Um, God has a game plan for how everything in your life is, is being worked out. Um, so when it, when it looks funky and, and, and messed up and not the way that you want it to, um, don't panic. 
Don't freak out. God's got a change plan that, that's what's uh, coming to pass. But don't give up when it feels like too much. Don't know how I'm going to get through this. We, we saw the churches last week. Some of them are in that place. Some of us are in that place. Um, don't give up. God's working. Don't go your own way and say, and, you know, God's got some way that he's going to make this work, but if, it, if it's going to happen, I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to get it. I'm going to have to do it from, from my strength, right, from the way I can, I can get it. I mean, we can worry, uh, will you have the, you know, will, will the people that you want to like you, like you, or approve of you, will you have the friends that you want? Will you, will you get the job that you want uh, when you finish up college? Uh, will you end up being able to marry the type of person that you, that you hope to, who's attractive and funny and smart and you know, all these things that are compatible with you? You get the grades that you want to get uh, for the semester, have the, have the good health that you want to, or get the car that you want, or get to watch the movie that you want to when you get together with a group of friends. Whatever it is, right? we can worry about all these different things if they're not going according to our plan. Uh, but listen, it's according to God's plan. If, if he works all things according to the counsel of his will, however he wants it, then what happens, happens according to God's plan. It's good. Uh, you have to note there that Scripture affirms for us that usually victory, because God's bringing about victory, uh, but usually victory he brings about through suffering and through humility, uh, just as it was uh, for Christ. It's through uh, his humility and death that he's exalted. The same is uh, true for his church uniting with him. God has a game plan that we're getting to live uh, within. That's what we see from the throne. Then thirdly, we could talk about uh, for the throne. Uh, just trying to make it cohere with the on the throne, from the throne. Maybe there's a better preposition you can help me out. Uh, for, for the throne. We see, we see the lamb worthy to open the scroll. We see him do it. He, the, the question is, who's going to accomplish the plan? I got back to the football team. Hopefully we've got a competent coach. Uh, hopefully they've got a game plan that's going to dominate OU. But, but hopefully we've got the players that can, that can get it done. Um, God is in control. He's ruling on the throne. Now, he's issued the decree for his, his plan for how everything is, is going to work out. But anyone going to be able to accomplish it? Um, the football illustration, right? Players have to execute plays to win. If you, uh, if on Saturday, <laughs> if on Saturday there's drop passes, uh, if the linemen can't hold their position, if they can't create holes, right, shake your head, keep shaking your head. Um, if, we're, uh, if, we're, if they're missing blocks or missing tackles, right, that doesn't spell a win. It's a bad game. It's a discouraging weekend uh, for some of us. Um, but the funny thing is, you know, you watch a, you watch a game and, and there's, there's always a drop pass somewhere along the way. And, and what happens, right, the, the pass is dropped and someone in the room is like, Catch the ball, right? What are you doing? How do you drop that? Um, and it doesn't take very long. Before, right, that'll be Lindsay. <laughs> She's known for her yelling at the screen there. Um, and if, if it happens more than once, then someone's going to say, dude, I could catch the ball. Like if I was out there, I, could, I couldn't run that fast, but I could at least catch the ball, right? Um, not, not sure that that's always the case, but we like to, we like to say that. Um, Listen, here's the thing. Our tendency is to think that, uh, that we can make things right, that we can get done. Our tendency is to think it's up to us. And when it's not working out the way we want to, especially when whether actually our feet step in or just in our minds, we're like, well, we could do it, or we could do it better, or we feel that pressure on ourselves. Um, right? In our world, in our life, other things we hear about. We feel like it's up, up, to, it's up to us. 
wrong. <laughs> um, just like when you hear the person saying, I'm going to catch it, you're like, mm -hmm, yeah, sure, that's nice. I won't say anything to you right now, but you're an idiot. <laughs> right, that's just kind of the way that, you, <coughs> that we act. Uh, you don't act that way. Um, right, we were, you know, if, if Christians could rule the world, would it really be a perfect place? Um, how's, how's that going to go uh, for where we are now? One day, Christ promises a rule after the glorified. Um, don't we feel this way, that your destiny is all up to you? Your life uh, is what you make it. Um, and it's a lie. Um, we believe that all the time. It feels you know, somehow motivating or scary when people say, it's all, your, your life is what you make of it. There's, there's a lie. Now, does what you do matter? <laughs> Absolutely, right? People are going to come back and be like, well, my campus minister said it didn't matter what I did in my class. <laughs> Um, it, it does, absolutely. Um, but you're not the God of your life. God is the God of your life. Um, you'll be working according to what he, uh, what he says in his word for how we should live. You're, you're not the God of your life. We, you're not your own Messiah. We can't be our own, our own Messiah, our own Savior, because, uh, frankly, you can't save yourself from yourself. Um, right? But the more you trust in yourself, sometimes it feels like things go well, and then... Disappointment. Um, because you thought you could do it better. You thought you could catch the ball. Why does it keep slipping through my fingers now? Um, I can't, we can't save ourselves from ourselves. We're letting ourselves down. Do you hear the voice of the angel uh, in this passage? Uh, who is worthy to open the scroll and to take it, uh, to, as a, to open the scroll and to remove its seals? Who is worthy to do that? And, and no one uh, in, in heaven or on earth or in the seas, right? But it explains the whole thing. No one's able to. Uh, no one's able to accomplish uh, uh, God's will. The answer is no one in all creation. And John begins weeping. Um, and that should be the way that we would feel and maybe do feel if it's all left to us. It's left to us to, to rule our life or accomplish salvation for ourselves. Uh, he's weeping loudly because he knows the way we should know that there's no hope without someone else being able to do it for us. There's no hope without that. The voice of one of the elders around the throne says to him, I'll weep no more. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, of the root of David is there. Uh, he sees that Jesus, the promised Messiah, the one proclaimed by the Scripture, he goes on as it describes it, uh, that then they uh, begin, uh, the living creatures and the elders uh, together, uh, singing the song of, Worthy is the Lamb. Right? He says, See the lion, the tribe of Judas. Great, powerful animal. But always as he's described, Jesus has described as worthy, always as worthy is the Lamb. Because the lamb is the fiercest and strongest of all the animals, right? Oh, wait, no, lamb, right? Um, uh, worthy because he stands as the one slain. Uh, worthy because he's the one who's been slaughtered as the sacrificial lamb on our behalf. Uh, it's, his, it's his death um, <coughs> that, that is what makes him uh, worthy. He's executed. Because, uh, right, death is what our, our sins deserve. The wages of sin uh, is, is death. Attainment of sin is death, Scripture says. Um, and no one can escape their own death. Right? Try to make your life what you will as you go along. No one can escape their own death. It's like a premise to all these you know, different movies. You know, they know about their death. Try, no one can escape uh, their own death. 
Um, but by Jesus' blood, they sing in a song, you are slain, uh, and by your blood, ransomed the people from God. Where death on our, our, with, with our sin on our account is what we deserve. But by His blood in our place, He's brought us back. He's ransomed us, brought us back into a fellowship with God. Our sin is condemned in Him. Uh, the blood price of our death is paid uh, when He dies to restore us to God, to restore people from every language and nation and people uh, and tribe. The expanse of it. Uh, the offer of the gospel to go out uh, to all nations. The offer of the gospel goes out uh, to you. This is what Christ uh, has done. Uh, to ransom us to God. Make us kingdom and priests uh, to our God. And they shall reign on the earth. As their song, their new song goes. A fellowship with God as his priest. Um, a, a role, a function, a purpose, a worthfulness uh, before God as, as kings. Uh, victory. That Christ has accomplished for us and reigning on the earth. Because Christ is worthy. Lion, the lamb who, who stands as the lamb as the lamb that's slain, slaughtered for us, is worthy. Uh, he's worthy of our worship, uh, worthy of our lives. And he is on the throne with God, <coughs> sharing the glory. He alone accomplishes the plan. We can't do it. No one else can do it. He alone accomplishes it, but He accomplishes it fully. Um, everything that you deal with, who's worthy to deal with those crises? Christ. Christ alone. Um, he's worthy to deal with what uh, you're going through. He's worthy uh, to overcome, even worthy uh, of your worship. I think we have lots of, of doubts and fears and, and worries when we think of the rest of the day, the rest of the week, and the rest of our life and, and how it's going to work out. Got a lot of pain from, from past hurt, um, fears for what might happen in the future. In the future. Um, and, and our imagination, if we'll let it run, round, run wild, can, can just spin a spin. Um, we don't know what to do with it. Uh, but the vision that Christ uh, shows John and speaks uh, for us gives hope uh, and confidence. Um, a confidence in who God is and who uh, Christ is and what he does for us. That he's in control. Uh, that he has the plan with all the right strategies, even though it doesn't look the way we always like. Um, and that Christ is the one who accomplishes it. And I love the the way John unfolds uh, the vision and you see it, as you've seen uh, just kind of in conclusion here, as you, as you see uh, Christ having, having been counted worthy um, to open the, the scroll, the song being, shan- uh, being sung, and he says, I look and I heard around me. It's like, it's like the, the scene begins to open up. There was a throne. There was the 24 uh, uh, thrones and then elders are around the throne of God. And then around that, there was the, the four living creatures um, and then Christ uh, appeared as a lamb in the, in the middle of those things. And then after this song is sang, it, it opens up. And there's, there's angels, the voice of, uh, of, of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, saying, Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive all of our worship, to receive everything uh, that, is, that is worthy of him, glory, honor, blessing. And then it opens up again. 
this picture of, of universal uh, worship, the day that things are, are, are moving toward, uh, where every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them, saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, blessing and honor and glory forever and ever. There, uh, around the throne, uh, in worship, that's when it all becomes clear. Um, That's when all the chaos uh, uh, settles down, where all the things that feel like the stormy sea uh, become like a sea of of glass, of crystal, a calm before the throne. So if we uh, take this vision of what's offered to us in Revelation and see God on His throne uh, uh, performing His will through Christ for us, we can relax. We can know that we are secure. We can trust. And we can worship a God who is saved, who overcomes, who is victorious. And we get to share the victory in Him. Let's pray. Lord, our God, we praise You for the picture of glory that You offer to us in this passage. Lord, we confess that our hearts are slow to believe it but we want to. We want to believe these things are true. Lord, we confess that we don't trust you. Sometimes we don't think you care. Sometimes we think we're, it's, it's up to us. Um, but Lord, we pray that by your grace, your spirit, you would show us that you are God. Uh, you would show us that we can rest in your will and that Christ has done all for us, that we are safe and secure and victorious. Lord, our hearts need this comfort. And you are the God who gives it. We ask that you would accept uh, our worship, be glorified by it, that we would see that you are worthy, and that you would even refresh us as we come before you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.